This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Hey, everyone. This is Zach Inevich, Assistant Business Manager of IBW Local 98 North, with your home run tip from your hometown team. For your next construction project in the suburbs, trust your electrical needs to the highly trained, masterfully skilled electricians of IBW Local 98 North. Knock your next electrical project out of the park. Call Local 98 North today at 610-489-3800 or visit us at IBW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. Hour number two of The Labor Show as we come to you here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Special thanks to the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, uh, joining us, J-Doc, in hour number one. Uh, we covered so much ground in hour number one in our post-show conver, uh, quick conversation with Pat. Um, he did want to send out, and we do it on behalf of everyone uh, in labor, but Pat wanted me to also send out a huge appreciation message to all of the veterans with Veterans Day coming up uh, on Thursday. Um, So we send that out. And of course, all week, not only here, but across the Jacob Media Network, uh, you'll see all kinds of tributes uh, for the military and for veterans. Uh, no question about it, Joe. I mean, the veteran community and, and, and labor are synonymous and, and, and uh, for, for the care for one another. And uh, certainly our, our labor community, um, you know, there's a great care. And obviously a lot of our members of labor are veterans. And so uh, a lot of support there. And, of course, we echo that here on the labor show. So uh, no question about it. Um, we have a great show, a great second hour uh, of the broadcast coming up. We got Jimmy Snell, business manager, uh, uh, Steam Fitters Local 420, and we got PA State Rep Jennifer O'Malley from Delaware County, and of course, Angela Val, executive director of Ready Set Philly. So lots to talk about today in a great second hour. Let's get Jimmy Snell right into the conversation. Good conversation coming up with uh, Jim Snell. I want to bring him right into the labor show, Jimmy, and I want to kick off the segment and go off script a little bit. I, uh, I want to get your initial reaction Uh, from the $1 trillion infrastructure package um, that finally made it to the point where it will go to the president for signature um, sometime next week, I believe. But what was your initial thoughts when you had an opportunity to realize that that bill was going to be passed? Krause and J-Doc, thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, It's an honor. Uh, If you don't mind, could I stay on as long as possible? My wife wants me to uh, start raking leaves for the fall. So I I, I got to use you guys as an excuse uh, that I can't do that right now. Krause, extend the hour. Uh, Jimmy, listen, (laughs) I'll keep you on right through Penn State football this afternoon. I'll just just hold you in queue, brother. And by the way, we got your back. You you, you can tell where the show lasted until 9 o'clock tonight if you want. No no doubt about it. Happy wife, happy life, they say, right? So I'll be out there raking shortly. But uh, but no, uh, Krause, to to your point about the infrastructure bill, 
I mean, look, it's it's significant. It's tremendous. It's a great thing for the building trades throughout the country. Um, you know, uh, it, it's long overdue. We all know that. Uh, you know, personally, I wish it was done a little sooner. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of different factions within the Democratic Party. Um, you know, maybe caused a little a little uh, distress for our president. You know, and let's face it. You know, he's the most uh, union-friendly, building trades-friendly president I, I believe we we've ever had. So, this is this is actually going to put, you know, the passage of this bill is going to put people uh, people to work. You know, in all different uh, sectors and trades. You know, when it comes to the road work and and uh, and, and various, you know, uh, water treatment plants, uh, upgrades of the electrical grid system. I mean, this is a huge, huge deal. Is it? Is it the three and a half trillion that was originally requested? No, but we'll take one trillion dollars any day of the week. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, uh, the Philadelphia Building Trades are excited. I know that. I want to jump right in and get into uh, get back on script and thank you for your comments on that. By the way, next week, J. Doc Ed Mooney uh, will join us and Ed Mooney will talk because part of that one trillion dollar infrastructure Absolutely. Bill, uh, will have a direct impact on all of the members that uh, Ed Mooney represents. So we'll cover that as well. We're going to get as deep as we can into it over the next six to eight weeks. Um, leading into the end of 2020. Uh, You know, I have mixed results, Jim Snell, about um, our conversation today, and uh, and that is the Bellwether District, Um, uh, and we're going to talk about that. Um, You know, I know it as the uh, refinery, uh, everybody... Uh, perhaps listening, everybody in the unions certainly know it as the refinery, um, you know, and I struggle with having a conversation, but it's now the reality that we need to talk. about. Yeah. And, and Jim, I want to jump in there, too, because um, you and I talked before the broadcast on, you know, on, on uh, and we were talking about obviously this was. Um, you know, it's bittersweet. Uh, obviously, the PES refinery was a big deal um, and we all fought so hard for it. Um, having said that. Um, we're looking forward, not backwards. Um, and there is a lot of good things going on there, but Joe Crash, your point is well taken. We cannot, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring that up as we move forward, because it was such a a difficult issue and a difficult time. And and quite frankly, confusing, but, but Jimmy, like you said, um, think at moving forward, uh, thinking about the future and those good things that are going to happen there. If you will uh, talk about the Bellwether District and, and what we can expect coming up. Sure. Uh, you know, Krause, like you mentioned, it, it's, it's definitely uh, uh, bittersweet, but, but look, we, we, we fought hard and, and that's what the building trades does. That's what, you know, with the leadership of John Doherty, we fought hard. Okay. Um, hey, listen, I, I myself worked down there for many years. Look, generations, generations of families work there and made a great a great living down there. I, I was able to 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 raise a family a, a family of four kids, you know, based on the wages I made working down that refinery, and uh, myself and thousands of other uh, Philadelphia Building Trade members and steam fitters, uh, you know. So it yeah, does it, it was it a kick in the gut? One hundred percent. You know, look, we're not going to sit in the corner and continue to cry about it. All right, moving forward. All right. You know, uh, the head of the building trades, John Doherty, Ryan Boyer, they formed relationships with Hilco. Okay. 
with with Jeremy Gray and Roberto Perez. And and because of these relationships, you know, they've committed themselves, Silco has, to to using 100% labor in that facility, okay? And there are many people, you know, uh, also in city government that are holding them to that. So, uh, you know, as time moves on, you know, um, I, I feel confident that Hilco will will, uh, you know, uh, treat the building trades correct uh, in the right way. Now, what we're talking about, we everybody knows that, it, you know, it's going to be warehouses and whatnot, but some some nice things have, have really come to the forefront uh, over, over the last handful of months. I believe in this uh, newly uh, named Bellwether District, right, 1,300 acres down there, you're going to see a whole, a whole uh, uh, part of that, of that yard, the Bellwether District, in what we uh, what we used to refer to as the North Yard, uh, they're going to turn that into uh, the life science sector of the Bellwether District. You, uh, you're going to see a lot of life science, the pharmaceutical aspect of things. You you know it happens almost every other day. You're reading something about life science in the city of Philadelphia or the Philadelphia region, especially. Uh, uh, companies in that arena that want to move into the Navy Yard. Well, the Navy Yard's now landlocked. These these life science uh, companies, they want to be near the Navy Yard. And Hilco, you know, let's face it, they're no dummies, right? They have an awful lot of acres down there to accommodate these life science companies. Right? Jim, what is, what, and, define life science. All right, so like, like science, you know, um, this is where you see uh, cell and gene therapy discoveries, new medicines created, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're going to improve and, and save lives. So, so these, these, uh, these life science companies like uh, iAvance and, and another company called Wuxi, they, they have facilities, uh, newly created facilities right at the Navy Yard. They're looking to expand. Well, they can't expand in the Navy Yard anymore. So I believe what you're probably going to see uh, is, is companies such as those and other companies, and you know, I have reason to believe that uh, Hilco might be in talks with uh, some life science companies uh, up in the Boston area, and, and bringing them down, bringing them down here as tenants in, into the Bellwether District. I mean, this is this is very, very good work for the Philadelphia building trades, for the for the mechanical trades and the basic trades as well. I mean, you know, it's so. So it's not as, you know, it's not as dismal as people once thought, as I thought, you know, it was, look, we're still, you know, we're, we're still licking our wounds a little bit, seeing that refinery close, you know, but look, we turn the page, we move forward and, uh, you know, we're here to help uh, Hilco develop that Bellwether district. Um, And like I said, you know, there's, there's some other neat things uh, that might go on down there. Uh, I have reason to believe you might see data centers down there as well at some point. So these are these are job producers. This this life science industry it is fast becoming a major economic engine for the city of Philadelphia and the entire region as well. You know, so so this is a big deal to see something like this brought down to. Uh, uh, to the Hilco site. And, and Jim, talk about that. You know, you, you mentioned the building trades will obviously have the opportunity. Um, it's, it's, it's a, a big opportunity for work, but, um, one of the things, obviously we were all devastated about, at the, you know, obviously at the closing of the PS refinery was the fact that they were just, it was just, you know, supposed to be storage. And 
um, which, which we, you know, we could get work at the beginning with the construction, but there'd be nothing after. Um, these new uses that, you know, like you said, the life science um, and, and a number of the data centers and, and, and probably a, a number of other um, types of facilities, uh, are they going to provide jobs uh, to our tradesmen and women um, uh, over and above the construction? Well, yeah, I mean, look, so besides the construction, the other thing that the trades also focuses on is, you know, the the yearly upkeep of these facilities, the maintenance, you know, and uh, and and that brings in an awful lot of man hours. Maintenance does, uh, you know, on the electrical side, the mechanical side and, and, you know, quite a few other trades. Um, Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, discussions that, uh, you know, the Hilco. Uh, management has has had uh, with with John Doherty and Ryan Boyer. I have every reason to believe that you know for the foreseeable future down there, you're going to see Philadelphia Building Trades Union workers inside that facility. You know, maintaining that facility for years to come. Talk about the um, and I know we two got minutes, a, a couple two minutes, come, please. What's the ETA, uh, Jim? When when things are going to transition? So I believe uh, you. I think they're looking to get their first tenant in there. You know, uh, I think one of the where they want to build a warehouse first. So, um, yeah, and listen, first things first, there is an awful lot of demolition that is has been occurring and, and will continue to occur. Uh, um, you know, I mean, just ungodly amounts of pipe and, and equipment that still has to be, uh, you know, brought down. Um, but with that being said, I mean, I, I believe from what I'm told in the next year or so, they would like a tenant, you know, on site. You know, uh, and I believe that's in the, uh, the the logistics portion of their yard. Um, right now, uh, I, um, I I understand that they're like I mentioned a little earlier. They're they're trying to get uh, life science tenants on board. You know, maybe the Wushies of the world and and some some uh, life science companies from up in the Boston area. So, you know, um, there are negotiations going on, but I, I think they're very eager to uh, get that North Yard started, uh, you know, start building their first uh, life science building there in the near uh, future. Jim, will there be any other trades besides the iron workers in there? I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll have quite, you, you might have a couple other trades, Joe, you know. But, uh, yeah, All right, I we'll mean, deal like, with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the iron workers naturally, as always, will be uh, a very vital trade that will be needed down there for sure. Jim the Snell, the business manager of Steamfitters Local 420, uh, kicking us off in hour number two uh, of the Labor Show. Uh, Jimmy, as you go out to do the leaves, you can listen to the uh, balance of the live show right on uh, odyssey.com. Uh, appreciate you kicking us off, brother. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. This is a little different, you know, a little afternoon delight here, but <laughs> this is great. Uh, I enjoy we'll, – we'll be listening uh, – Right up until the end here today. Uh, Thank you, Jimmy. Good stuff from Jim Snell here on The Labor Show. We'll get to a commercial break. Back on the other side. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. 
In the words of Jimmy Snell, as we come back out of the commercial break, little afternoon delight as the labor <laughs> show uh, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT uh, jumps up from uh, what is our normal 6P to 8P on a Saturday night uh, up to 12 to 2. We step aside uh, for Penn State football, but nice to be here on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, a gorgeous afternoon, covered a lot of ground uh, in just that 15-minute segment uh, with Jim Snell and and in that first hour uh, with Pat Eiding, one of the things that we did get a chance to talk about uh, with Pat Eiding uh, was we did spend one segment, J-Doc, on the election. And sure. I know it's important to talk about it now um, with our next guest, which we'll do. And now we can talk about it in the context of that $1 trillion infrastructure package uh, that is now going to go to President Biden for signature. Uh, no question about it. And, and you say uh, radio's theater of the mind. Right now, my I'm, I'm, I got the vision of Jimmy Snell out in the yard doing the leaves. So have fun out there, buddy, while you're listening. Uh, uh, next segment is, is uh, State uh, Representative Jennifer O'Mara. Uh, from Delaware County, and, and um, Jennifer's a daughter of a union firefighter and certainly a staunchly pro-labor um, political uh, official, and so I want to welcome her to the program. Jennifer, how are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, right now, we, like Joe Krause just said, um, you know, Pat Eiding touched on it uh, in regards to uh, the recent election. And, and um, you know, as Dems, we took a little bit of a beating, to say the least. Um, and, you know, we're kind of licking our wounds. Uh, we were riding high uh, since the, uh, the presidential election. And now um, we kind of, you know, it's one step up, two steps back. Talk to, talk to us about um, what you think happened. Well, uh, it's a great question. Uh, I think that we, as Democrats, suffered a little bit from the enthusiasm that the Republicans have right now. And that always happens when a party loses the presidential election. So they're energized. They're very good at using cultural wars to divide people. um, And I think they were motivated and engaged. But it wasn't all bad news. And I think one of the reasons that it seems really bad and it's each day is getting better is because of the way that elections happen in Pennsylvania now with vote by mail and such a large number of ballots being counted after election day. Uh, I'm sure you all saw last night, Judge Lori Dumas took the lead and is going to most likely win. And even here in Delaware County on our, you know, we flipped Delaware County to full Democratic control in 2019. And this was a big test for us. And right after Election Day, it looked like we we may lose, but now we're up by over 10,000 votes. So I think that's something we have to figure out how to come to terms with. And really, in Harrisburg, we really need to pass legislation to allow counties to start counting mail-in ballots ahead of time. So that way we're not in the situation where we're slowly eking out a victory and we don't feel the victory as much, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think we were obviously flying high because of the presidential election and in labor. Obviously, we work really hard with our members and voting is is a big part of our initiative. It's 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 how we keep mm-hmm. our breath. It's what we it's how we stay alive. But, you know, what would, would it be in a big judge election and, and individuals often taking things for granted? 
Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, you heard Pat Eiding talk about educating our members and, and you know, we work so hard, you know, to, to get our uh, initiative uh, passed, uh, certainly in the presidential election. And then we end up giving it back because we had such a low turnout, especially if you look at what happened with Steve Sweeney um, over in New Jersey. Um, really mm-hmm. a staggering, staggering situation. How do we pick up that ground moving forward so in the midterms we don't face that type of situation? Well, I think we have to do two things. We have to fix our messaging. We have to be better at messaging our values and letting voters know what we stand for and what we're fighting for. That's something the Republicans are doing really well right now, and we need to fix that. Another thing that I think we need to do, and I've actually been having conversations this week with, I talked to Rick Bloomingdale earlier earlier this week. I talked to um, someone from PSEA, and I'm trying to, get this idea out there we have to adjust our field programs to chase ballots if you look at the number of ballots that were requested in pennsylvania versus the number of ballots that were returned we lost races because of those those numbers um and for so long our field programs even with unions so many members of unions knocked on doors for me and that's still really important but at some point we have to start focusing on chasing ballots and that's something my campaign did really well in 2020. I was down 7,000 votes on election night on November in November of 2020, and I ended up winning by 1,300 votes. And that was because of the vote by mail. So we need to figure out how to adjust because it's going. To, Democrats are voting by mail in a higher number, but we're not relieving ballots literally on people's dining room tables. So we need to work together in a coordinated effort to make sure we're still knocking doors and having those important conversations. But at a certain point, we're now chasing ballots and making sure that every vote that's out there is being turned in on time. And Pennsylvania and State prob- Rep- Pennsylvania State Representative Jennifer O'Mara from uh, Delaware County joining us on uh, the Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we broadcast to you live from the 1210 studios. Um, and we talked to uh, the Delaware Valley. Uh, Jennifer, I'd love to uh, learn a little bit about um, your father. You're the daughter of a union uh, firefighter. Um, I'd love mm-hmm. for you to just share a little, use the platform and just share a little bit about him uh, here on this Saturday afternoon. I think it would be a nice chat. Oh, well, thank you. And My dad would be so proud of me to be on this radio show. He was in IAFS Local 22 for 25 years. Um, any firefighters listening who knew him knew him as Hoagie. I just met two people this week who used to work with him. He worked in southwest Philadelphia, and um, he was very dedicated to the fire department. Um, unfortunately, my dad, like many other first responders and veterans, he was also a Marine, Um, suffered from depression, and it went untreated. And in 2003, we lost my dad to gun suicide. And it totally changed everything for my family. My mom was a single mom. We really relied on my dad's union, both his pension and the support that they gave our family um, after he passed. And my mom ended up getting a job as a school bus driver, which was a union job in Delaware County, and that's the only way we were able to make it. But I've decided since running for office and since being elected that I'm going to talk about my dad and share his struggles and share his story because suicide is a huge problem that we're still dealing with. It's getting worse and worse each year. It's 
extraordinarily high among first responders, both police officers and firefighters, paramedics. And so I've been working with my dad's union and other firefighting uh, firefighter unions across the state to try and pass legislation that would cover PTSD or PTSI, post-traumatic stress injury, treatment for first responders under workers' comp and under other benefits that currently right now aren't there because we have not done enough to address mental health and suicide. Well, first off, we, th- we thank you for sharing that and obviously um, our thoughts and prayers for your father and, and our thank- and thanks for his service. Um, and he would be proud that you, that you shared that. And it's very interesting you make that point. Uh, about workers' compensation and uh, PTSD. We've had those conversations uh, on the broadcast with Sam Pond, and, and, and um, really we need to bring that to the, to the, to the forefront um, when it comes to emotional um, distress from especially our first responders. Um, you know, it's very difficult uh, you know, filing a claim and getting it accepted uh, when it comes to um, an emotional distress issue. And so we, we, we uh, applaud your efforts there. Um, so no question about that. And we, we, we do appreciate your sentiments. Uh, before we go to, to, to the break, talk about, um, you know, what you're doing in Delaware County, because uh, your agenda we know is, is uh, you know, important. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, I've been really focused on mental health. Um, I've been focused on supporting workers for the last 18 months. My office was instrumental in helping people get through the unemployment process. Uh, I I know a lot of union members specifically were reaching out to us to get assistance. Um, In Harrisburg, I'm working on a few different pieces of legislation. One is trying to pass the PA PRO Act in Pennsylvania to update the PA Labor Relations Act. I've also been approached by women in the trade about trying to figure out maternity leave and how we can attract more women to working in those fields. So I'm working on a bill that former Rep. Maria Donatucci was championing, which was um, paid leave, paid sick leave, that would address maternity leave. And then another interesting concept I just introduced with a Republican member, because I really believe in being bipartisan, uh, Rep. Tracy Pennycook from Montgomery County, we're trying to pass a bill that would allow Pennsylvania to do a study on how psilocybin or mushrooms can be used as mental health treatment for veterans and first responders. Um, it's a really, it, I was listening to Jim, Jim talk about life sciences and it sort of ties in. This is a unique time and we see this kind of studies and work being done in other states. And I think it's really incumbent upon us in PA to try and get this done and see what we can do to try and help veterans and first responders. And, eventually other people in our society that is struggling with mental health issues. Oh, no question about it. Oh, really great stuff today from PA State Representative Jennifer O'Mara from uh, Delaware County. Um, uh, on the week leading into what will be Veterans Day coming up uh, on Thursday, um, thanks a million, Jennifer, for sharing the story uh, of your father. And um, he lives uh, in your actions um, and, and the bills that you're efforting and the work that you're doing, you don't need me to tell you that, but um, that's just great. That's just a great job by you, and we appreciate you coming on The Labor Show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your afternoon. All right, good stuff. That's Pennsylvania State Representative Jennifer O'Mara of Delaware County. On the other side of the break, we'll meet the Executive Director of Ready, Set, 
Philly. Back in a moment. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on the Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We thank everybody for uh, tuning in. And, and, and J-Doc, I'm afraid to, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to uh, admit this, but after, after Jim Snell said he has leaves to do, I'm thinking I may have to jump outside after the show today uh, just to get just uh, just to get some leaves done um, because I think we're gonna uh, this is the day to do it so take advantage of being on a little bit earlier starting starting a little tradition here Joe you know we do these in the early during the day and next thing you know we're we're out doing our we got we got to keep these at night Joe yeah, I can't yeah, be you doing know what, the next week we're going back to night, <laughs> uh, having said that um, we you know we've we've had a great show so far and and um, certainly um, that the pandemic has been you know impacting on all of us and 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 certainly our our tourist uh, trade in the, in, in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we've had our historic d- director on, historic district director on last week, and this week I'm, I'm ecstatic to bring on to the program Angela Val, who's the executive director of Ready Set Philly, and she's going to talk about a marketing initiative and a non the nonprofit uh, Ready Set Philly uh, that is promoting the fact that you know we're back, man, and we want people to understand that. Angela, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. And if you would, uh, tell our listeners um, what Ready, Set, Philly is. Sure. So Ready, Set, Philly is an initiative with a single focus, which is to get people to come back down to the downtown area for work and for pleasure. And this initiative started uh, probably about December of 2020. Um, and we are looking probably to start wrapping up at the uh, end of the year uh, this year. And we're not a nonprofit. We are really a civic initiative, just trying to get everybody used to getting back to their life. And what what entails that? In other words, how do we are we talking about um, you know the, the the citizens of the city of Philadelphia? No, you're trying. We're trying. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, but. You want to move the people from Montgomery County, from Delaware County, from Bucks County, from surrounding people, from Jersey. You want people coming back into the city of Philadelphia, visiting the restaurants, visiting all of the cultural, uh, all of that, which I think was probably uh, a huge part of uh, Philly's success pre-pandemic, correct? Yes, absolutely. We want those folks in the surrounding counties, as well as South Jersey and Delaware, to come back to Philly just to do what you said, go visit museums, go shopping, go to restaurants, go to a bar, go to a beer garden. But we also want people to come back to their offices. We're missing those folks that are here about eight to 10 hours today that help with our breakfast crowd, uh, getting coffee, going out to lunch, going to happy hour after work. You know, we have a lot of folks that didn't have the luxury of working from home, but they work in those big towers on the skyline, you know, taking care of the offices, uh, cleaning up after many people um, after they leave home for work, security officers there, folks that work in the food service industry in those buildings. All those people have not gotten the hours 
that they usually have because office workers have been home. And we understand things have changed, but we don't want people to work from their house forever, five days a week. Angela, let me get your opinion on this unscientific poll that was actually um, conducted. The, the results were just shared with me, uh, shared uh, with me a couple days ago. One uh, company, um, 240 uh, employees, uh, main office uh, in Center City have been where uh, majority or most of the workers have been working remote since the pandemic. The company did a poll where they asked each employee to vote whether or not they wanted to go back to the office or they wanted to stay home. So again, 240 people, 250 people, whatever it was, 50% of the result was go back to the office. The other 50% was work from home. There's a middle divide that you're going to have to, you're going to have to bridge that divide. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Most employers are giving employees the flexibility to have at least one to two days at home, meaning that we'd have about uh, three days a week where people are in the office. Those have primarily been Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, But you, there are a lot of different worker types. You know, a lot of folks who are on the younger end still need that interaction with their colleagues, want to have that experience in the office, being able to run into their boss or the CEO of the company to be able to move up in their career. You might have some folks that are more seasoned workers like myself who really would enjoy to be able to be home uh, a little bit more during the week. But I think the office is always going to be essential it, what what we're really looking at is what happens in the office now and how often do we go to it? Yeah, I, I can tell you this. It's a very, very interesting conversation, when, especially when you talk about the younger workforce. And I'll tell you why. Um, we do a lot of legal radio and um, law firms that are established that have a long-term uh, you know, staff, uh, they're able to you know, seamlessly you know, work remotely because they've been there a long time. But there's a lot of younger yeah. people um, who are in a lot of ways, yeah, no, they may be happy about working remotely, but they're missing out on a lot of different factors of, of uh, you know, in the law, at, at the law firm. Yeah. Having said that, um, a lot of lawyers have, you know, we talked about, yeah, no, it's great. Technology's been awesome. A lot of areas of, of and, and I say law because a lot of our high rise uh, facilities downtown are, are occupied by law firms. And, law firms, yeah. And, and, and so you have individuals that, um, enjoy, might enjoy working from home, but miss that opportunity to utilize the team uh, and, and, and the resources that the other uh, experienced lawyers have around them. Individual, I had a, an, an attorney, uh, a woman attorney say to me a couple weeks ago on the air that she went for her weekend walk and, or, or her, her, her lunch walk and literally did not see a woman dressed in, in um, corporate attire when she went and it disturbed her and she equated it that so many people are working remotely that you know they're they're you know they're out getting their coffee also but um, not everything's great about you know working remotely uh, the technology's great but we are losing some things there that you just can't yeah. you know you know can't do while you're working remotely. That's right. And, you know, at the end of the day, a city is made up of its people, right? It is a density of a city, the, the ebb and flow of people living above uh, commercial spaces, 
that makes our culture here in Philadelphia. And if people go back, we not only lose uh, a lot within our economy, I think we start losing who we are as the Philly culture. Absolutely. Um, People have to kind of, you know, get back into uh, the swing of things, even if there might be a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of fear about what it's going to be like. We've had an increase in crime. We're still not 100% out of COVID. But I think it's everybody's duty as a Philadelphian to at least give it a try and try to come back downtown, take a baby step and meet a friend for dinner or go to a beer garden or something like that. But we can't expect for things to go back to normal if we don't come back downtown the downtown is the heart of this region by the way i want to give a big shout out you talk about a beer garden yeah victory just opened a big beer garden i think somewhere around uh 18th and market or somewhere yeah. 18th and jfk and, and, great spot packed house in and, the last and, couple and, of nights. absolutely and and, and that atmosphere that center city atmosphere that's so electric and, and that, that kind of invigorates you when you get down there. Oh, you, you know, if it's a Friday or Saturday night, there's nothing, and I mean nothing, more depressing than driving down uh, Market Street or uh, Broad Street or, or, or even South Street uh, on a Friday or Saturday and, and seeing a desolate situation going on there. We right. absolutely need our city to come back to life, and this is a big, huge part of it. And by the way, going into these high-rise, high-rise buildings, and I'm still doing it. We're still doing, uh, we're doing broadcasts from some of the law firms and i can tell you this right now it's still bizarre going into a center city high-rise building uh where, where, that's completely desolate around four o'clock in the afternoon um what, what right. types of, what types of things are you doing is in regards to um you know what strategies are you are you utilizing yep. to get the word out because it's so important yeah so we've been working over the last um eight to nine months with uh employers through the philadelphia chamber of commerce to talk to them about what it is they're hearing from their employees around their hesitation to come back downtown, whether that's their fear of catching COVID or taking transportation or uh, perceived uh, insecurities for their physical safety. Also talking to employers about what kind of information they need to get out to make sure that their space is ready for folks to come back. We would probably right now have about 33% or so Um, of the buildings uh, on the skyline here that are occupied. Um, We're hoping by the end of the year that we get up to that 60%. Uh, Many of the companies um, have started to make vaccines mandatory and have started to bring back their staff um, starting October 8th, phasing them back through the end of the year. So we should see the increase in the number of people in the downtown area during the week, during the day. We've also provided a lot of toolkits to folks so that you have an idea about what it will be like when you come back downtown, how you should be on an elevator, what it would be like when you get on uh, a SEPTA train, um, what it might be like for you um, as well while you're standing in the lobby of your building waiting for that elevator. What is that uh, kind of protocol you should follow? We also make sure that people have an understanding of working with the city of where to get the vaccine if they want to get vaccinated or want to get their child vaccinated. We also want people to know that there's a lot of good things um, happening. We do a show called the Good News Roundup. It's once a week and we just really focus on all the good that's still happening in Philadelphia because so often we're concentrating on where we are at the moment, which sometimes isn't the best. 
But there's still a lot of good things happening, and the city is still moving forward. Angela Val, executive director of Ready, Set, Philly, joining us here uh, on The Labor Show. Angela, before I let you go, one last thought, and I don't know whether or not you would have this uh, have the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, is there a number that that percentage equates to? In other words, the uh, the financial impact of 33% versus 60%. Any idea what that means in real dollars? I'd love the audience to be able to just fully understand the impact of this from a financial standpoint. I don't have that number, but I could tell you that we're missing roughly around 100,000 people coming down to the city um, five days a week to go to, to work, basically. And if we don't go back to work, that means that the guy that drives the bus, he doesn't go back to work. Or the person that you know might uh, be the security guard at the bottom of the building when you first walk in. That person doesn't get all the hours that they're supposed to get either. Mm-hmm. So we're all huge connected effect. in a huge effect. The barista that hands you your coffee, if you're getting that coffee someplace else, that coffee shop's going to go out of business. So we're all linked in in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, the, hospita- the actual number. Right. The hospitality industry has been beat beat up so bad during this particular process. You're working with the Chamber of Commerce on this initiative, correct? Yes, yes. In the city of Philadelphia, we have also Visit Philadelphia, the uh, Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, and Independence Visitors Center working with us, and the cultural community uh, as well. All right, good stuff from Angela Val, Executive Director of Ready, Set, Philly. Angela, thanks very much for joining us here uh, on the Labor Show on a Saturday afternoon. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. All right, good stuff from Angela Val. She's got a big job in front of her. She's doing a good job. Thanks uh, very much for joining us here on The Labor Show. On the other side of the break, Jay Dock and Krause. Wrap it up. Back in Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Back here live on the Labor Show for our final segment. Only have about five uh, to six minutes to go, Jay Doc. So instead of jamming in um, another um, a guest for a conversation in a short segment, I thought you and I uh, would finish it up, take care of a little bit of housekeeping on this live Saturday afternoon. Um, I do want to send out a huge congrats to uh, a WPHT employee who uh, I've been working with on behalf of the Labor Show for the last four years. Uh, David Dorenzo is using this beautiful weekend uh, to get married, um, and I just want to send him uh, some congrats. Also want to thank Frank Keel for helping us put everything together on a weekly basis. Frank does an amazing job. He makes it happen. He co-produces the show with us, and we're ecstatic and appreciative more than people could possibly know for the work that he puts in. Um, so that's fantastic. I want to also point out that the uh, TWU, the Transit Workers Union 234, ratified their contract yesterday by a two-to-one margin. They got a two-year 3% raise each year, paid family leave, essential worker bonuses like we talked about over 
over the last couple of weeks. But um, it was great that they, they you know, they, they, they came to an agreement last week, but it still had to be ratified by the membership. And, and so uh, shout out there. Congratulations to the leadership at TW234, uh, Willie Brown, Joe Coach Show, the whole team out there. And uh, they do a phenomenal, phenomenal job for their members. They keep us safe, and they're on the front lines. You no know, doubt. we just had uh, Angela Val on – uh, on the program in the last segment, she wants to get people into the city. She wants to move people from the suburbs into the city. Uh, TWU, a critical part uh, of that engine to be that's able to right. do that's, that. That's right. That's SEPTA's uh, you know, main union, and, and certainly the buses and the trolleys and, and, and the L trains and all those things all don't, that stuff, don't yeah. move without them. And so uh, very huge relief. Also, our kids and our teachers and all that are going to school every day. Um, you know, they, you know, so many people were worried, but we averted a strike, just like Willie said the priority was. And so we're ecstatic. And, and, and we're also happy to accept the recognize that the fact that the workers put their uh, lives on the line on a daily basis in difficult circumstances, even if there wasn't COVID. Uh, throw pandemic on top and all the, all the lives that were lost. And we know that because we had Willie on the show with Sam Pond uh, when, it, when, when things were first uh, you know, being laid out, and and, and uh, so it's a big deal, and we, are, we we congratulate them all. You know what, Jay Doc? I want to use the last four minutes in that opening hour. You heard Pat Eiding um, reference um, uh, John Doherty's trial. Absolutely. Um, you know, I want to use the last four minutes. I guess we have until we uh, end the show uh, to put a spotlight, you know, on that trial, and Absolutely. and uh, and really want to. Put both hands up and both feet down uh, to be able to uh, emphasize what Pat said. Hope this jury realizes. Absolutely. There's no crime here. Well, well, you know, and, and Bobby Heenan, we, you know, we'd be remiss of obviously Bobby and Johnny. and they're, uh, Obviously, they're going through it, but Bo- Pat makes a great point. Um, you know, the, the, the juries can, can have a tendency to, to think that because... Uh, you know, the, the, the federal prosecutors are, are uh, obviously bringing charges on these individuals that there must be some validity to them. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, Bobby Heenan and John Doherty are the ultimate servants to the people of Philadelphia and the working people across the board. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, when, when people, are, you know, look at this and, if, and we hope that the jury sees it uh, for what it is. Um, that, you know, there's no crime committed here, that uh, these are two individuals that work incredibly hard uh, without compromise, uh, you know, on behalf of working people, but just uh, people in general. And Bobby Henry, uh, Bobby Heenan is a servant of the city of Philadelphia. And the last thing that John and Bobby are doing is committing crimes. There's no, you, you know, you, you, there's no secret in, in, you know, no one's, you know, they, they wear their, their hearts and their jobs on their sleeves. And they're incredibly smart individuals and they would never compromise uh, their positions or risk anything on behalf of the city of Philadelphia and the union community to commit a crime. They don't have to do that. And by the way, just to get off the headlines and get into the details, it's no secret that if you're a city council member, you're allowed to have uh, a position. You're allowed to have an outside job. Right. No secret at all. Uh, To the point that it needs to be reported 
that you're actually doing that. So it's not like all of a sudden somebody discovered that, hey, why is Bobby Heenan working for Local 98? Well, he he, he works for Local 98. Was that he a secret? for Local 98. Right, right. I mean, is there anybody that didn't know that? Did he try to hide that from anybody? Um, and by the way, he's not, like you said, he's not unique in that situation. Um, a number of our political leaders, city council people and, and, and across the board have um, relationships and, and, and uh, positions uh, with other organizations. It's not a secret. They're not committing crimes. You're not not allowed to do it. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're trying. And that's why, uh, you know, I can't imagine what's going through a juror's mind, but they must be sitting there in somewhat of a twilight zone. And wondering, you know, I guess, you know, something must be wrong. You know, there's charges here. And it's actually, in my opinion, uh, an absolute, you know, you know how I feel about that. Um, it, it's, it, it's uh, you know, I believe it's a miscarriage of justice to even take them there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I can't wait for uh, John and Bobby to get justice. All right. Great stuff, Jay Doc. Great way to uh, finish up uh, this afternoon's uh Hour number two of the Labor Show. We'll be right back here next week, back in our normal slot. Ed Mooney will join us. We'll dig into that infrastructure bill uh, next week. Uh, And he's just the beginning of what uh, will be another action-packed two hours. I want to say goodbye to everybody. Thank everybody for listening. And saying hello to your father today by telephone, J-Doc. Oh, yeah. Made my day. Boom. That's going to do it for the Labor Show on this Saturday. On behalf of Jay Doc, on behalf of Frank Keel, on behalf of John Doherty, and on behalf of Glenn Page, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.